sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice, as always, in the opposite corner. My mano e mano, my verbal sparring partner. None other than, uh, even though he didn't want me to call him his real nicknames, uh, Wildress Ruffin. Listen, listen, big dog. I'm not taking it from you this week. If y'all saw what I put on my Instagram stories and preparing for the for the show, y'all already know that the voice is out of pocket and he on one. Y'all hear him playing the music at your loud like he radio Raheem today. Now it's saying? at the same level it was last week. I'm bro. not taking it this week, so I'm just gonna give you your lead in because I, I want to smoke. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh it's I'm I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend. Uh the, the man with the constant shiny halo on his head, uh, the voice, the voice. I don't even want to ask you how you feeling, sir, because I already know you. You on one today? You know what I mean? <laughs> you on one? Yeah, you talking about a shiny halo? It's better than a loser's hat. I think you're just mad because your big head can't fit in this hat, but that's fine. So you just oh, came no. back from doing the Lord's I, work, I and now, and, and now you are here thing. doing doing the other work. Uh, we got some amazing things to get into today. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into the first thing. Now, um, boys, I don't know if you got a chance to see it today. On first take, your man Deep Sea listed his top fighters of all sports. Now, he got ridiculed on Twitter, so I'm excited to hear what your thoughts on this are. So I'm, let me give you his top five fighters from five to one. Now, this is of all sports. This is MMA, boxing, anything combat. Number five is Amanda Nunez. Number mm-hmm. four, George St. Pierre. Mm-hmm. Number three, Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Number two, Khabib. And number one, Floyd Mayweather. Okay. Boys, I, I see the look on your face. <laughs> what are your thoughts on DC's top five fighters of all time? I believe it's DC's top five fighters of all time. Everyone can have their own top five, and you can have in your top five whoever you want to have. DC's boy, his brother, is Habib Nurmagomedov, which is the reason why he's at number two over Muhammad Ali. Habib will tell you he's not uh, better than Muhammad Ali. And then the Floyd thing, I mean, Floyd is is the best of his era, and we're going to talk about Floyd later mm-hmm. on in the show, but no, Floyd would say he's better, <laughs> better he than would. Ali, <laughs> and he's, he definitely would say he's better than Habib. Although, if you put Habib and Floyd in a cage, it's not gonna be nice. You put Habib and Floyd in a boxing ring with boxing gloves only, no takedowns, no, no, uh, yeah, no takedowns then it's not going to be nice the other way either. So, I mean, it's DC's list, and that's what I think. It's DC's list. Okay, but what do you think about the omissions of, say, uh, John Jones? Which I know the reason... <laughs> I know the reason why. But that was just a glaring omission. I was just like, come on, bro. Like, you're, you're a media personality now. You gotta be unbiased. 
you know, he's said a lot of very complimentary things about John Jones. However, with his list, I can't fault him for leaving John out. Who's John going to go above in that list? First of all, thank you. Ali at number three, I can't see. Okay, let's take the numbering out. Who is going to be replaced on that list by John Jones? Do you, can you really place? Well, I mean, it's got to be four or five. It's got to be Nunez. Or it's got to be St. Pierre. Okay, Amanda Nunez is arguably uh, the greatest woman to ever enter the arena of combat. Mm-hmm. And she has not had the... Um, the, the the performance enhancement controversy that John Jones is saying. So again, I ask, who are you going to replace in that top five with John Jones? I can see you doing Amanda, but I think when you when you really look at the grand scheme of things, he's got a solid list. I, I would take the number and out, but he's got a solid list. He had a great argument for her, her being you know multiple uh, multiple champion and how she kind of climb the ranks. So he, you know, he actually defended that on a couple different shows also. But I, I figured it would be some spicy takes because he got destroyed for this list on Twitter. So it is what it is. It always depends on, on what you feel. Um I'm I'm always gonna be impartial to Joe Frazier and Sugar Ray Leonard. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? Joe Frazier was a friend of my grandfather and it's Philly all day. You know, I don't care what happened. You know what I'm saying? I know some some, some some crackheads that can fight better than a lot of these fighters in the UFC and in the boxing ring. Mm. That's you know that's that's that. Hey, you know, uh, cocaine is uh, <laughs> it, it is a drug, as um, uh, Rick James said. There we it's go. Some kind of drug. There we go. Now moving on to low blows. Now th- there was uh, there's been a lot of talk lately about some of the top fighters uh, in boxing on. Um, kind of padding their stats and it seems that they are being considered to be padding their stats and what many are calling pit bulls versus bait dog fights so the question i want to ask you um they use a couple of different examples i don't want to say any names in particular um but does boxing have an issue with creating too many mismatch fights to pad boxer stats in comparison to maybe just making the best fights available uh for the viewers and for the fighters themselves Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I mean, th- th- this is the problem with boxing is that the best don't fight the best. So, I mean, that that's that that goes without saying uh, we would not have been having all this fighting online. I mean, you got Terrence Crawford, who never says anything, doing all kind of fighting online with Errol Spence. Uh, and I read today he's still looking to make the fight after uh, his fight on uh, Black Prime. I'm not going to try to say old boy's name. We, we're going to wait a little minute until we have to try to say it uh, before I start saying it. Uh, but D- David A. Yeah. Not Stephen A, but David A. Anyway, that that's the problem is that the best don't fight the best. Now, whose fault is that? As a promoter, you can make whatever bouts you want to make. Hmm. Um, as a camp, you can accept whatever fights you want to uh, accept. You know, managers and, and fighters, all that stuff is 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 subject. Who I blame are two entities. 
the ones who are supposed to be keeping things on the level the sanctioning bodies and the commissions because there are so many of these fights that just should not be made now uh salute to wbc they uh made some fights mandatory uh today you got uh, uh who is it Deontay Wilder uh his mandatory he's got to fight uh Ruiz great that should have happened a long time ago uh you know you got cool boy Steph uh fighting somebody you got Fundora uh who's Fundora fighting uh, it was a good matchup too but uh Fundora's gotta uh gotta get it in with somebody who's worth getting it in with the only one that I had an issue with on that list was um was Spencer Thurman. I mean, Thurman is washed up. He got beat by a washed Pacquiao. Just because he got a victory in his last fight doesn't mean he should be fighting for the title. That right. shouldn't be happening. Um, I know that Oscar De La Hoya was campaigning for one of his fighters, and I think that would have been a much more evenly matched fight. But again, I put it on these um, these commissions for sanctioning the fights and the sanctioning bodies for also sanctioning the fights. People speak about uh, uh, the fight last week or, or recently uh, where Yabasa Nuli, another name that we were trying to stay away from, was like, yeah, we'll, we'll say it if we got to say it. Well, we have to say it because, unfortunately, he took a savage beating and after having brain surgery uh, at, at the beginning of the week, He's in critical condition. So we got to talk about uh, things like that. His fight, though, I don't believe that. Or to me, outside looking in, that wasn't a bait dog fight. He had more fights than Morel did. He was knocking down all kinds of people. I thought that that was a fairly even, or I should say a, a fairly well uh, match fight on paper. Now, when the fight happened, could his corner and should his corner have stopped it earlier? Yes. They were trying to give that man a chance, but he had no chance. I mean, it was just, it was bad. You were just waiting for him to hit the canvas and the fight to be stopped. So in a case like that, I blame the corner. But yeah, was, I, yeah go ahead. Yeah, it was, it was rough seeing Morrell literally help carry him back to his corner and, but it was also, like you said, it was shocking because they there were individuals who actually did give him a chance to win that bout. So, um, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying with, as far as not including that. But then, you know, lately you're seeing a lot of these, like, YouTube and IG clips where these people are coming out of the corners and within five seconds they're just getting lambasted and laid out. And it's just kind of like it's, it's hard to make fun. Like, growing up around fighters is understandable. It's hard to make fun of a fighter because you're getting into the ring no matter what, like you're standing tall with the best of them. But in some of these mismatched bouts, it kind of brings more to the table of what uh, Ryan Garcia and Stephen A. Smith actually spoke about a couple weeks ago. There, there's so many fights that we want to see, and these fights are not being made mainly because of what I believe are the promoters and because of grief. Everybody wants to get the right footing in the right place instead of giving the people the best fight and being able to put the fighters where they rightfully belong. And then they're getting into the ring with 30 and 0 records and they're getting knocked out. And then we're wondering exactly what happened to this greatness. So, I mean, I again, the promoters and the fighters definitely have a role to play. But ultimately, 
the ones who have the oversight that are supposed to make sure that the tomfoolery doesn't happen are the commissions and the sanctioning bodies. Uh, just yeah. speaking about the WBC again real quick because I was able to get the information. Uh, David Benavidez, Caleb Plant, that fight was already in the works, so them mandating it was like, okay, that was going to happen. Shakur Stevenson and Isak Cruz. Mm, I mean... Shakur is coming up in weight, but I mean, I don't, I don't see why that. Well, I won't say it's a bad fight to have made because uh, uh, Cruz is, is a pit bull, pardon the pun. So, seeing how he does against him, I think you know that that might be okay. Uh, Teofimo and Sandor Mortine, eh. Sebastian Wendor is taking on Tony Harrison. That's gonna be a good fight, that's gonna be a really good fight. Uh, and then uh, Cool Boy Steph and, and Figueroa, who they went at it. And so seeing that again, I wouldn't be mad at. But Figueroa, uh, I'm not Figueroa, uh, not Cool Boy Steph, but Boost Ennis. Why not mandate that? Let's you know, that it's happen. So it, it, it's it's so many fights that should be made that don't get made. And again, I blame everyone has blame to shoulder but the ones who are supposed to make sure it's working right again it's that greed are you, uh, I'm gonna sanction it I'm getting a, uh, my money from sanctioning okay yeah it shouldn't happen but I'm getting paid so okay call me biased but I I, I think they I think they dug, uh, dodged my man boots but I oh yeah you know, yeah they, they they Donald ducking him <laughs> <laughs> that needs to happen because that, that that man is, is amazing in the ring. Uh, it's been another great uh, great section of uh, uh, KOs and low blows. Voice, uh, you actually gave me some good information. I ain't got no beef with you this time, man. You you, you did a great job on this. I, I do a great job all the time. You just <laughs> be in your field. Whatever. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break uh, and give you a quick message from the Ozell brand and the Megan Street brand. And when we come back, we got some great things uh, covered. Uh, UFC 281, Santa Love versus Sparks. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's not just about the love of the game. It's about dedication and commitment through the process and the patience to endure. There's joy in reaching your goals and peace in knowing you've done all you're supposed to do. Ozell Brand. It's not just a brand. It's a lifestyle. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's time, boys. It's time for us to get into the meat and potatoes of all this as we discuss and get everyone prepared uh, for some uh, a great weekend of combat sports. Now, uh, starting with this Saturday, uh, live from the Palms Casino Resort in Las Vegas, unbeaten middleweight title holder Jennebeck is actually scheduled to defend his belt against Denzel Bentley in a WBO middleweight title bout. Now, Jennebeck, who was upgraded from interim champ to full champ in August, uh, faces a very hungry Denzel Bentley, who, after his first loss to Felix Cash in April of last year, has actually since won three fights in a row, including a, a fourth-round knockout of Marcus Morrison, which actually got him this title fight. 
now with the recent news that the winner of this bout will face the mandatory challenger uh the undefeated jamie mungawa um i mean mungia mungia mungawa okay. i don't know why i said mungawa and I, I knew it um this is something that actually jennebeck has actually not only wanted but he says he's been waiting for it so with, with, with this match with this bout actually coming up uh who would you actually rather see uh face the mandatory challenger would you rather it be uh Bentley or would you rather see Jennebeck actually get into the ring because he seems like he's completely focused on that and kind of looking ahead of this bout uh, I can understand why he may be approaching it the way that he is I mean he's undefeated not only is Jennebeck undefeated he's knocked out three-fourths of the people that he's fought uh should he be sleeping on bentley no he shouldn't because you sleep on somebody you get slept bentley has knocked out 14 of the 17 people that he's beat when he's lost like you said that loss of fetus cash that was a knockout and in Janabek's last fight uh when he he took on the undefeated danny dignam also from the uk oh he beat those sleeves off of the man you know so here you can have another UK fighter that's coming into it, you know, with a decent record and promise, you know. But but Janabek, he feels as if he's on another level, and based on the way that he's run through everybody, I can understand that. Again, you don't uh, you don't sleep on anybody, you don't discredit anybody, but. Um, Again, he feels if he's operating on another level, which is why he's looking uh, ahead. I would love to see Jaime Mungia and Janabek. I think that would be a phenomenal fight. Like, can't wait to see it. Again, we got the whole deal with the um, with the the uh, the promoters and stuff and the platforms because um, Mungia is Golden Boy, which is the zone. Janabek is top rank which is espn can they find a way to make it work that's the question okay i mean it'd definitely be great to see uh you know denzel Bentley when he's actually speaking to the media he sounds like he is hungry he took that loss mm-hmm. to felix cash completely personal and his bout with Marcus morrison was actually pretty intense for him i mean he literally said after after that bout that he took that personally in, pre- in preparation for this next uh this next bout so that's definitely going to be exciting to see and, and just really quickly uh after that loss of cash like you said he won all three in a row he knocked out all three fighters as well so again no uh, you sleep on them you might get slept <laughs> most definitely need to put that on a t-shirt boy <laughs> now moving on from one great fighter to another a hometown kid is actually making his main event debut at home when undefeated Montana Love will be facing Stevie Sparks this weekend. And this is going to be taking place at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in a 12-round bout for the vacant WBA Intercontinental Super Lightweight title. <coughs> Excuse me, that was a lot. Yeah, now, Love, Love stated that he's actually looking to win in spectacular fashion, and he'll actually be facing a confident Stevie Sparks who recently declared... I'm not only happy to be getting into the ring and in the enemy territory, but I'll be bringing that belt back home on world ranking back to Australia. Voice, two great fighters 
both of them extremely confident here. What are we looking for in this fight? And what do we think about Montana Love? Because many people are literally saying he might be the next big thing. Yeah, Montana Love definitely is on the come up. And especially at 140, uh, which is where they'll be fighting. And you got so many different people. Uh, Pro Gray is out there trying to fight Zepeda. Uh, we just talked about Teo fighting Sam Martin. Uh, you got uh, Josh Taylor, uh, who's out there. I forget who he's supposed to be facing soon. But, um, you know, you, you have all these people that are looking to fight each other. And uh, it, it's going to be nice. It's going to be really nice. And Montana Love wants to insert his name into that picture. Now, He's done very well his last fight. He showed a lot of grit and determination because after knocking down his opponent, he had to get up off the canvas and to uh, then defeat him by unanimous decision. So uh, it, it, you know, he, he showed a, a level of grit and determination that you hadn't seen before. Montana Love is definitely a slick fighter. You would not really think of him as a knockout fighter per se. He's stopped half of the people that he's fought, which yeah, it's okay that you wouldn't call him a knockout fighter. But the fact that he was able to uh, put Valenzuela down in the first round shows that he's got some pop when he needs to have some pop. Uh, but it, him also getting knocked down shows that there's some there's some growth that needs to take place too. He, uh, if I remember correctly. He got caught because he was trying to push the pace and do too much. He was in the very next round. So, you know, probably thought I got him hurt. Let me go ahead and get him out of here and uh, wound up getting knocked down himself. But it was good. Stated himself, came back. Steve, Steve is so game and Steve has power as well. Uh, and like I said, he, he's super game. He sh- fought um, Tim Zoo on like a week's notice it's like mm-hmm. hey let's do it and did it uh, i want to say at 154 pounds which this fight is at 140 you know so for you to take on you know the 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 man in australia and um spark is from australia as well for you to take on the man in a week's time up two weight classes from where you normally fight you 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 got some uh you got some some intestinal fortitude <laughs> just uh i'm sorry it was that welterweight but you know e- even at a weight class up you got some intestinal fortitude and what um what jack brubaker's corner said in leading up to that fight was he had a chance now he got knocked out in round three but he felt like he had a chance because he was hungry and because the boy can crack out of his 15 wins 14 of them have been by way of knockout uh his only other loss was a split decision over or i should say a majority decision over a four-round fight uh fighting in china and fighting a person from where china so he's got uh you know some names on his uh on his record james mcdonald um you know and 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 people of the likes so he 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 can fight Mm -hmm. and he's been in there with some of the best can he uh stop this hype train at home in uh right there in montana's backyard that's the question he's gonna have to answer on saturday night 
Well, it's going to be a lot uh, going on, especially for Montana Love. It's going to be an emotional day. Not only is he going to be in the main event, but his brother, uh, Olympian Raynell Williams, is actually going to be fighting on the undercard, which I believe is the first time in about five years um, he's going to be stepping into the ring. So mm. it's, it's going to be a, a family affair. So, uh, you know, he said he wants to do this in spectacular fashion. So we'll see what Stevie Sparks uh, brings to the ring in that fight. Yeah, just uh, also with that being said, fighting at home can be great but it can also be very difficult because of the demands of everyone on you for that fight and now you add to it your brother's fighting for the first time and all the the nerves that go along with that uh spark is coming in with nothing to lose this is the first time he's fought outside of australia though so that adds another wrinkle to things Okay. Well, definitely, definitely looking forward to that and seeing actually what happened. Uh, Montana Love is an incredible fighter, but I haven't really known much about Stevie Sparks and what I read up on him. He seems incredible, so that's going to be great uh, for both fighters. Now, voice, where 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 we need to be? UFC 281. It's time now. In this week's voices marquee matchup, it might be a potential fight of the night candidate here. In a lightweight bout. Now, Voice, I want you to tell us about this bout, uh, which actually may have potential future title future title shot implications for either fight. Well, as you know, part of the criteria of the Voices Marketing matchup is excitement, which you have it between these two fighters. This is a bona fide certified grudge match. In Abu Dhabi, they were both fighting other people, and you know, they were just talking to each other. They knew that there was a possibility they were going to be meeting up. They said some things to each other. Neither of them liked the things that were said, and uh, that's where all the beef started. Uh, Poirier is he, he's about it. He, he, you know, he is a man of his word, and you know, he's like, don't let's not talk about it, let's be about it. So, what happened when they were in the same arena? He came up and was like, look. I said I don't like you. I'm gonna beat you, so forth and so on. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm here to to show you. You know, forget the online stuff. You know, this this is not Terrence Crawford and and uh, and Errol Spence. I'm a. I'm gonna talk to you. See, when they talked, it was like, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna do this. No, no. We can go now. I want that smoke. So, um, uh, and and Chandler had to be pulled back. It was funny looking too because the uh, whoever was pulling them back was much bigger. Chandler is not the biggest guy in the world thick yes uh stature not so much yeah anyway so you have this grudge match that's going so you have the excitement factor uh two you have possible title implications because whoever wins i think i want to say they're like at three and five right now uh in uh the ufc's ranking so whoever wins should be right there in the mix to face uh the winner of uh, Islam versus Volkanovski if that fight were to happen I, don't don't get me started on who Islam is fighting or should fight that's a whole that's a story for another day but they should be in the mix as far as that's concerned and because of their cachet and their name value and their star power they probably would be the ones to get it three are you Nigerian no he's not Nigerian now, uh, his sons may be of Nigerian descent. I don't know because uh, he adopted two African-American young men. 
but he's got ties to the loop. So, of course, that's going to make it a part of the voice and marquee matchup. Uh, and, and I'm talking about Chandler on all of this. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's got the making. It's got Fighting Night written all over it. And that's why it's a voice and marquee matchup. Well, you, okay, what to expect? I'm sorry, you asked that. Yeah. Fireworks, blows being thrown the whole time, uh, it not making it to uh, the, the, uh, the judges, just violence upon violence that's what you should expect well it's gonna be it's gonna be a great bout i mean they they both really did kind of talk down on each other in the worst way when they had opportunity to speak but michael Chandler also stated that after this fight he felt like it's gonna be a great mutual mutual respect uh between the both of them i think they all actually almost have identical records if i'm not mistaken so whoever comes out of this is going to have a great opportunity uh, ahead of them. And it's UFC 281. It's a stacked card. So the fact that they're considered to be a fight of the night candidate on a card that already has a style bender uh, in uh, John Wei Lee is incredible in itself. So that, that's going to be great. Now, as we talked about how stacked this card is, already is, in the co-main event, the current two-time uh, champion, Carla Esparza, is going to be facing John Wei Lee in a women's strawweight championship match. Now, what's what's crazy here for me is, even though I shouldn't be surprised, Carla is actually going into this bout as a major underdog. John Wei Lee is considered by many to be the strongest fighter in the division, despite her previous two losses to, uh, I want to say it's, it's Rose. Yeah, Thug Rose. Rose, number Thug, Thug Rose. I'm sorry. Go, all right, go ahead. Try Rose again. Namajunas. Yeah, just the Namajunas. I ain't just, just want to call it Thug Rose, but you're right. Now, what's crazy, <laughs> what, what's crazy here is is that John Wei Lee has taken two losses to Thug Rose. Meanwhile, Carla has recently defeated her mm-hmm. for a championship, and that's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Now, uh, Esperanza says that she knows that she is coming into this as a complete underdog and it's not going unnoticed. She's actually shrugged off uh, Whaley's uh, comments that there's nothing special about the champion and nothing to fear. Then he even believes this fight could create a lot of controversy if Jean Whaley is successful and comes becomes champion again because it's almost like I beat you, you beat me, she beats her. Voice. With all this going on, and I saw your face when I read when I when I spoke about Carla's last win. What are your thoughts on this? And what are your thoughts on the potential chaos that this may cause if Whaley comes out of this the winner? Uh as far as potential chaos is concerned, she's supposed to win. Like she's supposed to win the fight. If she doesn't win, then there will be chaos. Mm. But Jean Whaley, th- this is like a setup for uh her to get the belt back you said they say they say that she's the strongest fighter i i mean when you are fighting at 115 pounds and you're picking up the heavyweight champion who's just that much off of 300 pounds just on a a humbug yeah uh you, you you're pretty strong you're pretty strong Again, this is a setup. Carla, poor Carla. She is the inaugural strawweight champion. She had the belt first, uh, beat Thug Rose to get the belt. 
came uh uh came in faced uh Joanna champion who beat the snot out of her and she couldn't sniff another championship opportunity until this fight with rose now you said that uh there was i, I want to say you said that there was uh some controversy or something with that yeah. fight yeah a lot a lot of people feel like that that maybe she shouldn't have been in the fight in the first place i can understand people feeling that or i should say i can understand why some people may say that but really she'd earned that fight uh the only controversy is what were they doing because literally it was the worst championship fight in the history of the ufc i mean they were in there just kind of looking at each other for all five rounds you know some people may say oh well you know tyron has a pretty bad fight yeah, he did but he did more than just stood there and, and fainted the whole time you might say he did that in the wonder boy second wonder boy fight but there, there was a lot of stuff that was going on in that one this one yeah i don't know what they were doing but yeah that there was no way that that everybody lost in that fight everybody lost really yeah and uh unfortunately let me not say that the area of strength that carla has is her wrestling mm-hmm. and since losing to rose uh and even before losing to rose a second time jean went and worked on her wrestling with henry cejudo and she has looked very very good in doing so you you saw some of that uh versus um uh but yeah her yeah her wrestling has really improved and all she really needs to do is stay upright and uh that is a part of the wrestling that's the easiest so everything it she's the favorite because everything says she should win this fight right she's an overwhelming favorite though i've i've I don't understand how, but I mean, I get it. And and the one thing is they actually got a chance to speak with Rose and she had something. She's actually stated, I think a lot of people are definitely sleeping on Carla. I think people are just going to assume that Waylee's going to run her over and rightfully so. Waylee is obviously a machine and a beast. However, I am, while I'm definitely leaning more towards Waylee at this point, it's really hard for me to necessarily count out Carla. I hope that the fight isn't anything like my fight with Carla. There's either a chance that it will be kind of similar to that, like kind of boring, where they're both just point fighting, or one person is going to go to the other person, and it's going to be it's going to be a knockout in devastating fashion. So, mm-hmm. I you know, I, it's it's really it was really weird in preparing for the show and and kind of looking up on this and just seeing not many people are giving her a fight. Even your man Usman. Uh, made a statement that he just felt like it wasn't fair and this fight shouldn't be happening. I mean, and I understand why they feel like that. And, and uh, with what Thugs Rose said, you should like, hey, people are, are sleeping. They still haven't woke up from the last fight because it was that boring. That's why they're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll definitely see. I mean, it, it earned the opportunity to be the co main event. At UFC 281, so yeah, that's because the title on the line, uh, <laughs> and and the 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 uh, great possibility of the recoronation of Magnum uh, Jean Wei Lee. Huh? Well, there you have it. Now, finally, 
in what will be the night's headlining event. Reigning champion, the Stylebender, is actually riding, coming in riding a five-bout title defense streak, but he's going to be facing the number four-ranked UFC contender and the man who holds two kickboxing wins over him. Now, this bout is actually personal for him, and the middleweight champion has actually been has actually described his opponent as one-dimensional. Now, and what is literally coming off as a deep disdain between the two, uh, Alex Pereira has actually stated and posted videos to his social media account mocking Adesanya's training techniques and stating that when he wins, he'll be happy to give him a rematch, but he doesn't think he's going to want it. Voice, it's, it's been years. And one of the things that they actually talked about on first take is, is that when... Alex won the first fight, won the first of two fights. There were pat, super padded gloves. There were, I believe, 12 ounce gloves mm-hmm. in comparison to the four ounce gloves that they're going to be fighting with uh, at, at UFC 281. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this bout with how personal it is? And is, is Adesanya possibly working himself up to be defeated again by maybe taking a, a little too personal? I don't know that he's necessarily working himself up too much Mm -hmm. he's been in there with his idol anderson silva you know he's been in there with with people like the reigning champion or i should say at that time uh the reigning champion robert whitaker and has beaten him you know more than once he's really fought like everybody that he could fight and he's said it i've lapped the division and i'm lapping it again the only reason that uh, Alex has this shot is because he's a new name and because of his link to me. He has said multiple times, like as soon as he got in there, it was like, yeah, it's like we're, we'll fight again, but it won't be uh, in those padded gloves. This is going to be MMA. This is not kickboxing. And when I get you on skates, I'm not going to let you up this time. <laughs> it's funny. Um, he, he said something about Elsa and Frozen and uh and alex was like what you know it just looked like he didn't know anything then he took a picture uh with somebody in an elsa costume <laughs> the other day so uh yeah he, he's doing a lot online and, and talking you know really big he trains with uh former champion glover Teixeira, you know so he's getting that work in has it been long enough and, and like izzy said you're one-dimensional and he is izzy was also somewhat one-dimensional and his coach was on Ariel Hawani's show talking about how they approach fighting for everybody in the camp. It's like, I treat it like you all suck. You all are all bags of garbage. And we talk about where you need help. If I say something good, that means you really have done something good. Because all I, all we focus on are your weaknesses and your strengths. He also spoke about it. And Eugene Berryman uh, is top tier when it comes to coaches he also spoke about the one uh dimensional aspect of alex Pereira, and many people are uh prognosticating and uh that they're saying they believe that this will be much like the uh inganu versus gone fight uh inganu being again the same person that 115 pound former champion Sean Wei Lee just picked up on a humbug crazy anyway said that they think it's going to be much like that because they believe that he's going to implement 
some of those wrestling things uh and and uh ground attack because it is mma and it's not just kickboxing putting him in an area where he's uncomfortable and taking advantage of that uh can can parade do it yeah i mean he's been knocking everybody out and he's knocked easy out before that does you know factor in however that was in a different discipline that was in kickboxing and i'm reminded of another championship bout where someone uh fought someone uh, and that was joanna andrechek and valentina shevchenko if i'm not mistaken i believe that jj beat her when uh they fought in kickboxing and i think they may have fought like this like uh this case where they may have fought multiple times and she beat her but when it came to mma it was a different story and that very well may be the case with Prada. even in mma even by mma standards he hasn't had very many fights i mean this is like his right. seventh or eighth professional yeah, six, fight. Six one. yeah so yeah he 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 doesn't have nearly the experience of adesanya who uh was undefeated until he punched above his weight class trying to fight um trying to fight and, and win the light heavyweight belt mm-hmm. can now Pereira is big can he do what uh um uh Jan Blakovich did in pressing the 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 action and wearing on him well and then Jan also was able to take him down and keep him there and he was just too little he couldn't get up that's not really uh his game even though he does train with um Glover Teixeira who that is his game yeah has he had enough time to even develop that game he, I, I, we all believe that his best road to victory is to knock him out uh, will he be able to do that is he a defensive genius those are the questions that will have to be answered on Saturday night I feel like it's important to note, note that with everyone speaking about the two kickboxing bouts, the first one was actually kind of controversial as far as as far mm-hmm. as the ending, and then the second one, Izzy was winning until he got slumped, which you know we talk about it all the time. It only takes it only takes one punch or one kick. So you know, I, I think everyone looks at these two losses and they're like, you know, oh, this and that and the other. But if you go back and you look at them. Izzy was actually dominating the second fight up until that that quick hitter that laid him out. So uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. I definitely want to see exactly how this is going to play out. And then I'm interested to see exactly, depending on who wins, where do both of them go? Because, you know, let's say say Izzy does want an immediate rematch. Does, Does Alex have the the, does Alex have his ticket and he does it again and then what happens so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out UFC 281 is going to be an amazingly amazing stat card um, I'm definitely excited I, I, I'm going to have to get your thoughts on the fights after uh, probably in our KOs and logo section of, of next week but uh, I'm excited to hear it now ending our show <laughs> I'm ending it with the, with the champ with your second favorite fighter outside of Jake Paul. Money made is back in the boxing, is back in the boxing ring. 
with another exhibition fight. <laughs> this time against YouTuber uh, Deji, who um, this will actually be taking place live November 13th at the Coca-Cola Arena in Dubai. Now, when they spoke to Deji, he actually stated that while he has been in the ring with everyone from Jake Paul to uh, Fossil Tube, who I have no clue who that is, he stated that his only goal is simply to land a punch. Mayweather, meanwhile, is going to garner an at least $25 million from what will be his fourth exhibition since retiring at 50 and 0. Boys, I know you love these exhibitions. Give me your thoughts on this. And it, does, does Floyd just need to come back and, and fight someone real? Or is the, are these exhibitions going to be what we're going to see from now on? Oh, he said this is it. He already knows that though he is killing these MMA and kickboxers and YouTubers, that his skills have diminished. And like he, he even said that he would not fight any boxers in uh, or like, well, he did fight one boxer, but uh, any high level champion boxers in an exhibition uh, when he fought on the last one, uh, which was a rising card. And that was only a couple months ago. Like this would be like the third fight this year uh, that he's had. And, you know, legalized bank robbery season is is. <laughs> is definitely in effect for him he said though because you know, uh, uh pacquiao was there pacquiao has worked with horizon before and they're like oh you know what about this you know we love to see that he's like no so I, I i'm not fighting any professional champions i'm only fighting these people that i know i can beat for all intents and purposes uh i'm gonna keep robbing these banks as long as they uh you know as long as they will allow me to do it legally i'm gonna keep doing it well, it's not going to end because even uh, with this fight upcoming, Floyd is already looking to a February 2023 bout, uh, exhibition bout in the UK. Now, what's interesting is <laughs> during his sparring in Dubai, he actually called out and challenged Anthony Taylor, uh, who's actually uh, boxing on the undercard, who was heckling Floyd uh, <laughs> during his sparring. Mm -hmm. Anthony Taylor eventually backed out <laughs> and decided against it which is smart because, you know, you got to get your money in the actual ring. Um, but another uh, fighter who actually recently mentioned Floyd that he would like to get back in the ring is Ricky Hatton. Uh, <laughs> I see the look on your face when I said that. Now, ahead of his return against um, uh, Marco Barrera, uh, Ricky Hatton actually said that he would love to get back in the ring with Floyd. So, do you, I mean, do you think that's maybe a possibility? That now, Floyd said he would not fight any uh, champion level fighters I think he'd make an exception possibly for Ricky Hatton just because of how long he's been out of the game and not just how long he's been out of the game well let me rephrase that how long he's been out of fighting shape right that may cause uh, him to think differently but we gotta remember Hatton cracks and yeah, I, that may not be the, especially with the weight difference, because there's no way that Ricky's going to get in enough shape to uh, be able to fight around whatever weight that uh, Floyd is fighting at. Um, so, yeah, outside of draining him or trying to drain him, I don't see that happening. Well, there you have I, it. I wouldn't mind seeing it, but <laughs> um, 
yeah F- floyd is a uh a very shrewd businessman when it comes to uh, scheduling his fights and uh he's just doing this for fun he ain't trying to work and anything that looks like work he's not doing 25 million just as far is incredible that i don't <laughs> great work if you can get it and this is the third time he's been able to get it this year third or fourth time uh this year this was was logan, this, this, this the logan paul fight was this year no that was i think that was late last year okay well this is his fourth exhibition this year so i don't, I don't so that may, it may have been logan paul may have been like january or so and then um he fought in japan like two months ago he fought on top of uh the thing in abu dhabi this mm-hmm. summer and now here we go with deshi and he's fighting on the zone a platform he said he doesn't even have like apps we don't do apps we don't fight on apps we fight on on you know on this and on that way he fighting on the app this week only apps i do are at chili's or at applebee's but i don't need applebee's no more so i don't but you know you, we, you're, you're in the dark so you know if you uh if you were in the light and had an apple you probably would use more apps you know what I'm going to ignore that, old man. Okay, I got the best phone on the market right now. Y'all better stop playing with Android and stop acting. You know what I'm saying? Android, Mm -hmm. get this work done. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Get that blow-up work. Mm -hmm. You know, one day, voice, you're going to have to see me. It's going to have to happen. Look, it's not for COVID. When it's over, we're going to come on the main card, and we're going to talk about it, and you're going to tell the people the truth. That that Will just got these hands, okay? Mm-hmm. This this is who I am, but yeah. it's fine, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for another episode of the Voice of Slander and the, <laughs> and the Shiny Head Man. Uh, we've got you prepared for this weekend's fights, so make sure that you get prepared for them. Uh, also, make sure that you're following the Voice on Twitter uh, for his hot takes, because a lot of times when these fights are going on, you get real time hot takes from the voice on twitter so you can follow him at the voice uh also mtmv we out here we're writing articles you know what i'm saying we're raising our profile you can get hb um ooh, hbcu <laughs> <laughs> you can get hbcu you can get the nfl you can get the nba you can get hot takes you can get everything i almost made it y'all I almost made the whole episode, but I'm tired. It's all good. Make sure you uh, share, like, and subscribe. Uh, thank you for joining us for another great episode of the main card. I know we're here Wednesday night, uh, 9.30, but make sure you continue to watch us Tuesday, 7.15 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're going to be here on time. We got you. You know what I'm saying? This is what we're here for. Boys, take us out with your last words, sir. Hey, uh, there are a lot of other wonderful fights. There's just too many fights to talk about. Sinisa Estrada makes her top-ranked debut as a co-main of the Janibet card. Uh, she's putting her title up. Uh, salute to Sonny Edwards. He's uh, putting his title up and calling out everybody else at 112. And then Natasha Jonas and Marie Eve Declare uh, have a unification bout as well at 154. Uh, so many fights, just not enough time. But until next time, fight fans, continue to fight the good fight. Keep it locked right here. 
You are listening to MTMB Sports.